The Orb Union has failed to take into consideration the current state of world affairs and has abandoned its inherent responsibilities as a nation of Earth by seeking only to preserve its own domestic peace. Furthermore, your nation has continued to refuse repeated requests for cooperation. On behalf of all its member states, the Earth Alliance demands the following concessions from the Orb Union. First, the immediate resignation of the Orb Union's current government. Second, the disarmament and subsequent demobilization of its armed forces. Should these demands not be met within 48 hours, the Earth Alliance will have no choice but to conclude that the Orb Union is a supporter of Zaft and will confront your nation with force. Hmm. What a complete and utter farce! Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best Gundam Seed podcast, according to me, that watches every episode of Gundam Seed and then talks about them. My name is Jeremy. I'm an erstwhile Gundam enthusiast. I'm Tyler. I still very much prefer Code Geass, but my name is Zach. To all Gundam series? Yes. Okay. This is my favorite Gundam series, so I feel like if he prefers it to this one, not he must prefer it to all, but... You probably should. Well, I mean, you look at the other comparison points. You can make a very G Gundam, Gundam Wing. You can, make a very good ar- ar- you can make a very good argument for Zeta. Although I really like G Gundam, but that's more not because I think G Gundam is good, but because G Gundam is so blisteringly ridiculous that it's amazing. It's the reason I like a lot of trigger anime. They're not actually good, per se. You might want to keep your eyes on Darling in the Franks. What? This season, it, there's an anime coming out called Darling in the Franks, and okay. it's done by Trigger. And, like, the Franks as in a it's, I think it's a mecha series. Huh. This it's is, not spelled like Franks like the French. It's F-A-R-F-R-A-N-X-X. Okay. I'm really hoping that it's a Josie and the Pussycats-style cartoon where they, like, go around investigating mysteries but are also a band. It's a mecha series of some kind made by Trigger, so you might want to keep your eyes on it. Yeah, no, and also a mecha series. I feel like if... Trigger did Scooby-Doo, it would become a mecha series. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, they did not make Kill a Kill into a mecha no, series. No, no, I'm not saying they, they can't touch something without making a mecha series. I just feel like if they did a show about teenage mystery solvers, it would be a mecha ah, series. that is true. I'm so looking forward to the next Super Robot Wars with, with both Code Yes and Gurren Lagann. You know, I'm really sad that Makis has never appeared to one. It's just like it an can't. homage. Yeah, it can't. It's not a Japanese series owned by Bandai, so... Oh, are they and, all Bandai? Uh, they're not necessarily Bandai has all the Bandai. Right to all of them. Okay, Let me put it that way. It's it's complicated. Megas also can never appear because apparently Cartoon Network wrote it off as a tax write-off. Yeah, there's some weird tax write-off thing involving Megas that means they can't like reboot it or anything. That's really unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. which because it also means they can't release like DVDs or Blu-rays of the series. This is a legal quagmire from which I suspect there's an escape, but I don't understand how the quagmire formed here because I'm in a kitchen. All right, so we're watching. What are we on? Episode thirty-six. Episode. It is thirty-six slash thirty-eight. Decisive fire, which is a very good one, I think. It's got that nice slow build-up to a big action climax that Gundam Seed does pretty well. There's actually some Atherin in this. No Atherinxed. 
but some Athrun. There's a little Athrunx. Maybe a little. That is true. He he is mildly consternated at one point. Not constipated. <laughs> Although maybe that too. He's been in space for a while. <laughs> this is also the most heavily edited episode from the original to the HD version. They kind of did some backfilling. They added some stuff from Gundam Seed Destiny because the main character's backstory is this battle, basically, which is one of the best things Destiny does. Is the main character one of the druggies? No. Oh. He's a character that does not appear in the original version of Gundam Seed. Okay, but gotcha. Some footage that was created for Destiny is edited in here when it would have taken place. That takes place in flashbacks in Destiny. Okay, cool. And so they use some of that. This is also the only appearance of the perfect strike. I believe it also shows up next episode in animation because the HD version decided to throw it in here without mentioning it at all. So yeah, because in the initial version of this, when Moo goes out, it's, he uses the ale strike primarily, like Kira did, and doesn't really use the other two versions. He uses the launcher a little bit, but yeah. He but he never the uses the perfect version. Yeah, I was going to ask if perfect, perfect is just with all the packs. Yes. Okay. Why don't they just do that more often? It seems like it would be really useful to have a giant Theoretically, gun and a giant Theoretically, it would be a hell sword. of a, well, a, hell of a uh, power drain. That's what I was going to hypothesize. That, but That'd be my guess. It is the canonical reason. There is, in fact, even like a array of batteries they throw on there to increase the power. And I think in the next episode, there's actually a shot of one having to be ejected after it runs out of power. <laughs> but, I mean, the actual answer is it would be more expensive to animate. Yeah, okay, that's fair. And from a realistic perspective, you've got way too many cooks in the kitchen for that thing, as it were. There's too much gear on there. I don't like the perfect strike. A sword, strike very a gun, much. and a jetpack. I don't it's like everything the, you need. I don't like the perfect strike very much. There's another couple of Gundams that I don't like very much for the same reasons. Yeah, it's I actually too don't... bulky. It's got too much shit going on. Yeah, I actually didn't like the way it looked, but we can talk about that when we get there. All right. If you haven't been watching the series, you should. It's good. We're getting to the good parts. Uh, so, some not-space Captain Americas decided to microwave a bunch of people, and that's the plot. Yeah, the Earth-Atlantic Federation are jerks. They microwave their own guys so they can microwave Zaf, who are also jerks, led by Magneto, who wants to kill all humans because he's part of space people who are better. But he's and not going to do it by microwaving them. So all the main characters went to Space Japan because they're neutral, so they're hanging out there. Turns out that Space Japan, I think, my prediction is that Space Japan is going to fight both sides. And because Kira's Jesus, they're going to win. Also, Space Japan is on Earth. Also that, yes. <laughs> they Next used to have regular Japan. They, they used to have a um, colony, but Kira blowed that up. Oops. <laughs> Kira got that blowed up. Kira blowed that up. He, he just put a hole in it. Yeah, he put a big hole in it. <laughs> yes, but it was his fault. All right. So anything else we want to talk about before we get into this episode? No, I'm pretty sure that covers everything that's ever happened in this yes. series. Also, Atherin has a crush on Kira, obviously. That comes to fruition later this episode. It's and, really Kigali and Kigali and Kira are totally not related. Yes. <laughs> I would believe that they're not related because they don't angry huff walk the same way. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that, let's get to episode 36 slash 38, The Size of Fire. You can see it on Crunchyroll or Hulu if you want to watch along. And I recommend it on this one because it's a pretty action-packed episode with some cool animation since a lot of it was redone. Use Crunchyroll. Don't use Hulu. Yeah, I agree. If you already pay for Hulu, I mean, you might as well use it for something, right? I guess. So this episode starts off with new footage, unlike the last couple that have been doing it previously on it. Although, start. at the same time, they're also reusing footage with the new footage. Yeah, they're watching it on TV. <laughs> as there's this meeting of a bunch of dudes in suits in an Earth Alliance base and some military dudes running around. And we see Nataro. She's not dead. Hi, Nataro. She's Bye, sitting Nataro. in a cabin looking depressed at her laptop and tired she's like i really wish moo would message me back <laughs> <laughs> so the suit people are like ah oh, we gotta accelerate our plan to recapture victoria so we can have a mass driver because because of the previous episode where zaf 
took out Panama. We don't have any way to get to space. There's also a blonde dude in a blue suit looking very bored at the meeting. He's also very obviously differently animated than everyone else in the room. And then we cut to Atherin, who's at Alaska, just looking at the giant crater. Kind of floating. On, on a single ghoul. Like, just... That is actually part of the Justice. It's the Justice's backpack. That he's standing on? Yeah, it, it detaches and he can fly on it. Or he can <laughs> control it remotely. Oh. Huh. It's actually kind of cool. I don't know if I like the Justice with it on, because it makes it look real bulky. You, you just don't get a good look at it while he's standing on it. I actually like it, because without it, it looks a little bit too frail. Yeah, it looks very slim without it, and then very bulky with it. It's a weird... It doesn't uh, really have a middle ground. Yeah. So anyway, someone at the meeting is like, hey, what about Orb? And someone else is like, well, we keep asking them for assistance, but they won't give it to us because that stubborn Nazumi Nara'afa guy is in charge. And then Blondie is like, oh, because they're neutral, in air quotes, right? And, and everyone looks at him. <laughs> yeah, everyone looks at him like, what the hell are you doing here? And he's like, oh, that, In your that, powder blue suit. That's just not right, is it? They should be helping us fight humankind's enemy. And then someone is like, hey, don't put it that way. We're not blue cosmos racists like you. Azrael. This guy's Azrael. He's really the last major player to be introduced in the series. He's one of those guys that I always kind of wish they just tied to a cinder block and dumped in the ocean outside those windows. I mean, that's basically what happens. To no, well, not going to spoil it. I like the way Azrael goes out, though. I do like how he eventually goes out, but I always hated him while he was on screen, which I guess is kind of the That's point kind of for the a point. bad guy, but man. I actually kind of like him. He, uh, like, as we go on in the episode, he strikes me as, like, the suave swindler. We've yeah. actually heard of him before. Relic Crusade has mentioned him. Yep. Like, he provided intel for him. And he's like, yeah, sorry, not sorry, but I just, I can't understand why Orb would refuse to help us and why you would continue to recognize such a nation. Like, like, I'm trying to figure out why there's a terrorist present at this meeting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because he, Zach, you know how U.S. politics are working right now. <laughs> this is not that hard to imagine, is it? No, but still. Well, because everyone already seems like they don't like the guy, so it's like, why did? How did you get here? Because he has three giant robots in the next room, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, we've seen all the mass protesters that are on this guy's side, so I've, I've always just assumed he's elected. I actually assumed he's just a lobbyist. <laughs> that could, yeah, that actually makes a bit more sense. I'm pretty sure we learned he is the head of Blue Cosmos. If I not, think he is very highly ranked. I thought they mentioned that somewhere along the line that he's the guy in charge of that. Anyway, his point is basically, Orb exists on Earth, so it should be obliged to help us fight the coordinators. Because they exist on Earth, despite the fact that they house coordinators within the borders of their nation. And then he's like, hey, I will lead negotiations, also in air quotes, with Orb, if you like. And everyone who swiveled to look at him earlier was like, what? But Orb has a mass driver, which the Earth Alliance needs. Is like, hey, we could get one, or we could get two. This is going to work a lot better than a full-scale invasion if they just give it to us. And, like, we might damage the mass driver in the, our other attack, so we need to, you know, make the tactical decisions. And if we had two, we could get supplies into space way faster. And also, I have three giant robots in the next room I went to test. I like how someone asked him, are you planning on using those? It's like, only if they make me. And by make me, I mean I will do everything in my power to goad them into doing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they did a lot to make him infinitely hateable, which... I, he is one of my l most hated characters... But that's also because he really doesn't have much character other than I'm the bad guy, hate me. I actually really like him this episode. <laughs> I'm kind of torn on Azrael. I definitely see Zach's point. I wish we got a little more of his background. We get a little bit of it, and it kind of tracks. But 
I feel like it would work a little better if he had a similar motivating tragedy to Atherton and Bloody Valentine. Where somebody did something to screw up his family or something like that. I hate him so much because he's evil for the sake of somebody had to be. I have a problem with a different character in this series for that reason, but we will get to that. Anyway, we now cut to the opening, and hey, by the end of this episode, we'll have seen all these mobile suits and... And they actually are labeled in the opening, Tyler. Going back yeah, I know they are, but they never actually tell you in this episode. And they're not uh, labeled in the original opening, only the HD one. They okay, did it I couldn't remember. the aspect ratio looks weird there, so they added some text. Ah, that makes sense. Oh, man, I didn't even notice that. Moo and Rao get to have a mobile suit fight, finally. Yeah, it's been like it, that for the last few openings. I know, I didn't even notice it. And that's actually the perfect strike, too. Uh, but I feel like you can easily see that. It is a spoiler if you know what's going to happen, but I think you can see that as just Mu and Rao, like, ghost-facing off in front of a mobile suit battle, and not realize that it's implying they are in the cockpits. I always kind of just assumed that, but... Anyway, when the opening is over, we cut to an orb government building. With and- a weird star-shaped water tower. And Kigali angry marches into the room where, hey, Kisaka, a.k.a. Rambo, is hanging out. He doesn't look as much like Rambo when he's in a nice... He really does. He's in a suit and, yeah, he's got the actual uniform going on. And we cut to her dad, who's being told, read a, like, message from the... Basically an ultimatum. Yes, an ultimatum that's like, this is your final warning if you don't completely resign your government and stand down all your military forces. We will consider you cooperating with Zaft and we will be forced to attack you. I don't think Azrael understands how negotiations work. <laughs> like Tyler said, he's like, oh, either they will give me everything I want without questioning me, or I'll just have to attack them. It's a win-win. I really like they're showing like pictures of Orbit to show how peaceful it is and like the people he's threatening. And it's panning through like a city square and there's like a TV playing an ad and the TV is just like glitching out. I actually like how they go through that. And then when they finish showing a couple of the shots of the like citizens of Orb, you see, it goes to the military. Well, it, specifically, it goes to the Archangel and the crew of the Archangel while this letter is being read over the top of it. So it basically is like, it goes over and it's like, okay, well, here's the soldiers basically that are probably ready, willing, and able to protect their, what is effectively their new home. So the question is, did Azrael know that probably the not. Archangel was sitting here? I'm pretty sure he does not. As far as anybody knows, I think about the Archangel and her crew is that it's been killed at Joshua. I think Raul Crusade is the and the people of Orb are the only ones who know the Archangel is still in play. Okay, so actually, here's a question. So Isaac might. That's true. Because Isaac was attacking them all while they were withdrawing. No, by that point, I think he had been like grabbed by someone else. I th- no, he was attacking the oh. Archangel because. Uh, I remember Rao said, hey, the legacy yeah. ship's over there. Go get them. But th- he got, like, taken out before the explosion, is what I meant. So uh, he, might, he doesn't know that they survived, necessarily. It was more well, Kira is the one that took him out. Yeah. So I think he probably... He given probably that assumes, he was on, uh, given his but, personality, he's probably the sort to be like, they wouldn't have been taken out that easily. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm just assuming that he knows a bit more than that. So, so this is a little bit getting ahead. But Orb has coordinators, right? Yes. And they Here's have... What we learned that soon in this episode. And they have three mobile suits piloted by naturals that they had to write a special... Op- or have Kira write a special operating system for. Why did they just have some of the coordinators in their population? I assume that they have coordinators and non-coordinators in their military. And it's more a situation of... They have more than three astrays. Like, we see that... Oh, okay. They've they got more We just them? have, like, three focus characters gotcha. that we see... And piloting them. And I, my assumption has always been they have coordinator mobile suits and non-coordinator mobile suits. And what they wanted Kira to do was help optimize the the naturals mobile suits, because the coordinators could do that themselves, but the naturals, 
they needed a little bit more help, and Kira was the that makes a lot more choice. sense. That's always been my interpretation, anyway. In fact, I think one of the Astray girls is a coordinator. I can't remember. She's just if that's bad at being a pilot. I can't remember if that's true or not. We might see them all earlier in the test pilots, and none of them can do it. So I could be wrong about that. Okay. But anyway, we see Millie's still giving her food to the Arca, so that's an ongoing concern. Kira and Moo are talking about sweet mobile suit pilot being. And speaking of the Astrays, the mm-hmm. three girls that were standing on the catwalk above Kira, those are the pilots. Yep, those are the Astray pilots. Jury, Myra, and the third one. <laughs> <laughs> Jury, Myra, and, and other. The ugly one. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite mean girl squad. Mean girl squad, teen girl squad. Anyway, Otha gets it right on the head. He's like, what a farce. Is like, is it after the loss of Panama, are they not even bothering to keep up appearances anymore? There is an offhand mansion that Zaft wants to meet with Orb, and so they could, like, make a deal with Zaft as well if they wanted. And then they, they say, well, obviously they want Morgan Ray and the Mass Driver, but that's it. But we're the only country that could possibly stand up to the Earth Federation, all the other neutral nations, which are the Equatorial Union and the Kingdom of Scandinavia. <laughs> I love the Kingdom of Scandinavia. It gets mentioned a lot offhand That's in great. Gundam Seed Destiny. I just I want to know more about the Kingdom of Scandinavia. It's actually just one guy in an ice palace in Sweden. <laughs> and while he's It's actually ta- the Ice King. And while they're talking about this, we see Azrael's submarine and the three pilots, one of which is playing a Wonder Swan, because Bandai owned the Wonder Swan, and it had a whole two months left of being relevant after this series. It's actually so not damn a- if they weren't, they were going to put a Game Boy in here. It's not a sub, it's a... Um, it's a ship, you're right. It's it- like a, an aircraft carrier. You are correct. I don't know why I said submarine. Because Zaft has been using submarines this Probably. entire time. But we get uh, one guy lounging on the deck, one guy playing video games, one guy with emo hair listening to emo music. I don't know that he's listening to emo music. It's lounge reading, gaming, and then music. And I assume he's listening to Linkin Park. So yeah, so we got three (laughs) Shinji Akaris up in here. Three Shinji Zakari, maybe? So anyway, Alpha starts giving a speech about how he doesn't want to team up with anyone because their policy is to be neutral and they don't want to have to give up their ideals just to be told who to fight. They have to choose to join Zath and then they have to fight. Or they can choose to join the Alliance, and then they have to fight. And he doesn't want to do either. And then Atherin flies by and... To the scene of his murder. To, to the scene of the... the Aegis, fight. I couldn't think of the name. Yeah, the Aegis. The Aegis is uh, wreckage that, for some strange reason, Orb didn't salvage. Hey, the strike, I guess, was mostly together? I don't know. After being I'd blown still, up. I'd still salvage the Aegis, man. There's a lot of good parts there. Yeah, it does seem strange. It does make sense on Atherin's part, though, because he has no idea where Kira is. So maybe he'll return to the scene of the battle. And uh, I think this is still author talking. So if we join us, if we pick a side, we can no longer stay neutral. We can no longer avoid the fight. And then and his advisor's like, we should evacuate. And Alpha's like, yeah, we should. It's, it's, he's not wrong. Like, we need to avoid getting people caught up in the if we can. And then there are more signs of people being peaceful, mostly children's. And then Atherin's walking around the wreckage of his destroyed mobile suit. And he looks around the corner and there's this kid, and then other kids pop up with, like, basically no animation. It looks goofy <laughs> yeah, as shit. Yeah, they just kind of, eh, level, <laughs> levitate. I kind of love it. And then our favorite cleric, Reverend Malkio, walks by. And he's blind now, I guess? He was he's blind been, to begin with. It what? just hasn't been obvious until now. Yeah, he's always been blind. I could have sworn he was looking at Lacus earlier. He is a cleric, so he might have some kind of sight spell. That is true. Turn undead. We cut back to the Archangel, where they're having a gathering of the entire crew. We we see the cockpit chair rise out of the Freedom, and I gotta say, I kind of like the Freedom. I absolutely hate the cockpit system for the Justice and the Freedom. Why, I, the I fact hate that. It's that. Recesses? 
Well, the fact that the chair goes up and down. Because that's that awesome. That is way too many moving parts. You'd it never really have is. that on there. It's more complicated than you'd ever want to put on something like the, that. Actually, all, all the models that model the cockpit do not use that. The cockpit just opens. What actually happened there is that the government recently got sued over ergonomics issues. So they had to hire like an ergonomics expert. And they're like, well, definitely you need to have the reclining chair so they can lean back. Anyway, we see some orb TVs and we get the best uh, thing. I love, one of the things I love the most, which is... The government is about to make an important announcement. Please make an effort not to miss it, because it is important. <laughs> anyway, Maru starts giving the speech to the crew. where she Which basically, is basically the announcement, anyway. Yeah, which is basically, hey, there's an Earth Forces fleet coming. We're going to be fighting to protect Orb with the Orb military, but I don't have any legitimate authority over any of you. So I can't force you to stay. So if you want to leave, get off now and follow the regular evacuation orders they're giving everybody. If you stick around, though, you're going to be subject to my authority as a crewman of the ship. I actually don't remember if she actually she says doesn't, that. She does not say that. In fact, what she says is that... It like, tracks, yeah. but... She actually specifically says, I don't have the authority to order you to say at one point. Yeah, she's No, like, I, I'm, I'm just saying that, like, if it's one of those things of if you decide to stay, we're going to have to run this as a military operation at that point. But, but anyway, she's being very team mom. Is like, so we have to decide what we're going to do. But you all have to decide individually because I can't force you to stay since we deserted. And also, Maru is just not that type of person. Now, Maru would probably be making this kind of speech in any case. Yeah. It wouldn't have the same thing. I mean, if she actually did still have the authority, it'd probably be something along the lines of, I won't order you to stay. Where is not to bash Natarl. Here you go, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Was I wrong? <laughs> okay, okay, I see what you're talking about. But for, for some reason, as soon as that flashed up on screen, I'm like, why is Kigali in a bikini? <laughs> I don't know why. It looks nothing like Kigali, so but... I was trying to figure out how to spell Kigali's name while writing these notes, so I search Gundam Seed, Kigali, and then Google's like, shower scene? I'm like, no, Google, <laughs> I don't want to watch that. That was tasteless. No, but like, it came up like, wait, that's Kigali, what the, oh, wait, hang on, let's, the, oh, and then I saw the, I saw the text. It's the Orb Sunrise Girls, Zach. <laughs> what is it supposed to be advertising? Japan. I don't know. <laughs> it's like a vacation resort? Or maybe she's just Orb really- Administrative Management is written on the, <laughs> I don't know. Is, so is that like a morale booster for all the men involved or something? It, it's OS tan. It, it's Orb military tan. <laughs> then why doesn't she have a helmet? <laughs> Actually, Orb Sunrise Girl is the name of an alcohol brand. Ah, okay. <laughs> so anyway... I like get, the tank. Yes, their tank just rolls right by it. it it's to show military, you know, in like a normal civilian space. For yeah. Contrast, I... But but the moral <laughs> board raises so many questions. But anyway, getting back to what we were talking about earlier and Maru's speech, I think by contrast, not to bash on Natarl, if she were here, she would be giving orders. Yeah. She would be trying, trying to, to yeah. To I was actually going to comment to that effect. I mean, it's a different method of leadership. I think Maru is in the right, but I can totally see it other, the oh, yeah. bull ways. They totally have like tennis rays. They have a bunch. They have multiple units. And we see, while she's giving the speech, Orb getting ready, we see the yep. Astray girls we see suiting an Evan, up. We, we see, see a bunch of tanks. Evangelion tank formation. I love those tanks. Uh, I love well, tanks and jets and Gundam well, so much. I that, that is the same configuration that they show in Evangelion whenever the angels show up for the tanks. They're always lined up on a road pointing at it, despite the fact that tanks have thicker armor on the front, so you want to have the front pointing to whatever it is you're shooting at. Well, at least most tanks. Anyway, as... She can do the speech. We got a close up with the Kazi who's like, I'm getting out of here. Fuck this. I still have those discharge orders in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Anyway, we then cut to Kira walking in the hallway and Kigari? Kigali chasing after him and being all awkward and, um, and Kira's like, hey, if you're in that fancy dress military uniform and people see you being nervous, they'll get nervous. So calm down. Be a mature adult like I am now. But she's like, oh, but my homeland is becoming a battlefield. Face palm. And then she has like, she has a break of minor breakdown and then Kira's like, I'm a mature adult now. I do like his eyes. Like, hey, I think your father's doing the right thing, even though he made the hardest decision, which is not to team up with anybody. Fortunately, I'm here. Yes. So yeah, everything's going to be fine. Fortunately, I have the most OP suit in the universe right now. Besides Athrun's. No, I, I don't know what Athrun's suit can do. It can block lasers intended for Kira, apparently. <laughs> it's got a similar, like, it's got the same nuclear power core that Kira's has. Uh, then we cut to Kazi, and I lied earlier. This is probably the last major scene for Sai, which I'm now going to say every time Sai is in the scene for the rest of the <laughs> Probably. Where he's like, hey, so you're getting off. Are you Kazi in your casual clothes and that sweet green hoodie? He's like, yeah, aren't you? And he's like... Uh, no, I just... Now it's my nation that's <laughs> under attack. Remember, we're from Orb, dipshit. And I just called my parents and told them, and they're like, yeah, cool. And Cuzzy's like, what about Millie? Is she jumping ship? She's a girl. And Sai's like, Cuzzy, first of all, whoa. <laughs> Second of all, you shouldn't let other people's actions influence your own. Namely, get the fuck off this ship before <laughs> I throw your ass off. I like how Sai's like, now, Cuzzy, you're just too kind for war. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to be diplomatic, because Sai is good at social situations, remember? And I mean, he's got a point where he tells Cuzzy, don't worry about what decision everybody else is making. Make the decision that's right for you, which is actually a, a it's good advice. Good advice. Also, get off the ship, Cuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> so then Kara Kigali walk in because they needed to be in this scene, I guess. They don't do anything. They just kind of eavesdrop. Well, maybe it informs some decision that Kira makes later. I don't know. He gets to see Sai being like an adult. <laughs> but he already told Sai, hey, you're an adult with useful skills I don't have. It's not like they need to get rid of their beef. They've already talked it out. But anyway, Kazi's like, I've changed my mind. I'm gonna stay after all. And, and Sai's like, no, get off this ship. Don't get off before I have somebody throw you off. I will give Diarka a gun so he can escort you off the ship while and he leaves. I actually do like we're, we're being facetious about how big of a deal it is, but like, Cuzzy starts to say, I, I've changed my mind. And Sai just tells him, you know, don't yeah. change. Go, you you'll you'll regret it later. Yeah, yeah you'll, you'll regret staying because because you already had the chance to leave, didn't take it, and clearly regretted it the entire yeah, so time. It's why Zach Tyler and Jeremy make so much we, fun of you. We just don't like him as a character, but this scene, especially for Psy, and actually for a little bit for Cuzzy as well, is actually pretty good for character. Because it does fall into line with both of them. And as Jeremy said, this is a really big major scene for Psy. I don't, Kira and Kigali didn't really need to show up and eavesdrop. So is this kind but, of the last scene that yeah, we see of Cuzzy? I think this is a wrap on Cuzzy. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure we never see him again. Yeah, I think you're right, but I can't remember off the top of my head. And then we get the eye catch. Hey, it's Jeremy. Thank you all for listening to episode... What are we on? 36. Episode 36 of It's a Gundam. Going to keep this one short because I'm very tired and need to upload this episode and go to bed because I have to work very early tomorrow. I just wanted to give a shout out to some people that joined the Discord this week. You can find the Discord on our website, www.lastpodcast.com. There's a link to it in the Contact Us page. It's by far the easiest way to talk to us if that is something that you want to do. So special thanks to Stug Life, to Marcus, and also to Pojo-sama, who all joined the Discord this week. We all had some conversations about how problematic Zeta Gundam is, and... 
how bad Gundam Build Divers was. And also, I think, maybe one positive conversation about how Diarco would be a good drinking buddy. So if those are things you want to talk about with us, go to www.lastpodcast.com, check the Contact Us link, and check out our Discord. Like I said, I'm tired, so that's going to be it for this week. Thank you for listening. Bye. After which, hey, Diarca, Muriela comes in with his flight uniform, and he's like, so are, are you here to interrogate me or transfer me? And she's like, no, nah, you're being let off, off the ship, bro. Get the fuck off. Because we're going to war again. Also, where are the guards? Why I'm, is Millie doing this? Well, I'm presuming that the Archangel's still short-staffed, and he's behind bars and hasn't been a problem. But they so... just let this random like, and also, I'm also kind of assuming that at one point where we didn't actually see it, Millie was either requested or kind of got assigned the duty of taking care of him. That's she right. has been the one, like, she's the only one who talks to him. Because basically from the beginning, she's been do- the one doing it. And he's like, hey, uh, you want to run that by me again? I thought you were part of the Earth Forces. What do you mean you're going to fight them? And she's like, well, they're attacking us, so we got to fight. And, you know, there's no reason to keep you on board, so <laughs> get off. I love that, <laughs> so get off. Uh, their relationship is the best. And he's just confused, rightfully so. I mean, I would be confused, too, because he never actually found out that they defected. Yeah, he doesn't know they defected. He probably doesn't really know much about the nation of Orb. <laughs> he's probably did not take much Earth geography classes. So he's like, "What well, are all naturals this stupid? And Millie's basically like, shut up. Also, we're going to fight, so... And you know. you're on your own. And he's like, what about my buster? And, she, and he's like... Her, <laughs> I, love, I love her reaction. That was ours to begin with. And Morgan Wright has it. <laughs> his reaction to that is That's amazing. the most anime face I think that ever occurs in this show. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I actually really like this exchange between the two of them. Yeah, and then Millie gets kind of soft and is like, hey, I'm sorry that this is the way it turned out. Like, I know this wasn't what you wanted, but hey, at least you're free to go. Hey, he stops her, grabs her by the arm for some reason, like, hey, are you fighting too? And she's like, get off of me. And also, yes, I'm in charge of the Archangel CIC. And Orb is my country too. And Diarco's like, well, shit, I guess I gotta fight for this girl now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's later. No spoilers, Tyler. The power of boners is stronger. That's what Dragon Ball Evolution taught me. The power of boners <laughs> is strongest. <laughs> that is what I've learned from watching so much CinemaSins. I love this scene of him, like, slapping himself in the face. We cut back to, I can't even remember his name, Chairman of Orb? Uh, uh, Chairman Alpha. And he's, like, trying to psych himself up. <laughs> and why we see that, we hear Azrael reading his response, which is basically, uh, your demands are bullshit, so no. <laughs> <laughs> your, the, the politic way of saying the, your, your, uh, demands are total bullshit, so get the fuck out. Azrael's like, ah, oh, thank God. I was afraid he was gonna do it. You know, at least he has some ethics. At least he wasn't gonna attack them one way or the other. That's true. Nah, I'd see him doing that. It's he's not, that kind of asshole. It's not very economic, though. Yeah, I don't think he would at this point. So then we cut to Maru being emo on the bridge alone when Mu comes in. It's like, hey, Captain shouldn't be looking so depressed. I Kinda- just overheard Kira giving this speech <laughs> to Kigali. And I was like, oh, man, this time I'm going to take your speech, Kira. <laughs> he then gives us, the audience, the detail that only 11 people left the ship. That's incredible. And one of them was Cuzzy, which is like, <laughs> gained someone. I- yes. <laughs> I was going to say it was actually 12. They just didn't count Cuzzy leaving. <laughs> no, see, the, the answer is it was 13, but because Cuzzy left... <laughs> Part of the thing I don't like about that is that he says eleven, only eleven people left. Well, the problem with giving us a us the audience a hard number is we don't know how many people are actually needed to crew the Archangel, saying, and like we don't know how many people are actually on board the Archangel. I felt like that was a quarter of their current complement. So, 
move then goes into the uh, Joshua, which is actually listed as Josh A. Um, That's how it's spelled. Must have really pissed off the crew. And to be honest, being left behind is a suicide mission without being informed that's what you're doing. Good way to piss somebody off, especially a crew that has done so much as the Archangel has. And then Maru, who's animated very well, then goes like, oh yeah, speaking of that, why did you fly your random jet back into our ship there, Commander? And Moo's like, guys, a surprise face. Well, yeah, like, first of all, he gets way better animated all of a sudden. Yeah, I didn't expect to be asked that. And then he just starts making out with <laughs> her. She has a good surprise face before she gets into it. And she's like, oh yeah, I totally saw this coming. That explains a lot. And then she pulls away and she's like, you know, I'm not actually fond of mobile armor pilots. And Moo's like, well, good thing good I'm a thing mobile I'm a, suit pilot yeah, now. Good thing I'm a Gundam pilot. <laughs> which is the smoothest. And you mean it's great. The smoothest? Yes. <laughs> so they start making out again. And then and the bridge then, crew walks on. Yeah, the bridge crew walks on. And they have also the most anime faces <laughs> as they presumably see what's going on. We cut away from their faces of looking surprised and watching. So I guess we know what the three members of the bridge crew are into. They're, they're all voyeurs. <laughs> so before we move on, what do you think of the Moo and Maru relationship, Tyler? Because we haven't really talked about it at all on the podcast. They've been building up to it very slowly for a while, so it seems like a thing that... I'm surprised it was that sudden that Moo just did that. I thought he was just going to say something snarky. It might be the best advice this series has on relationships, which is if you like someone, just make a move. Yep, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of been leading up to that for the entire series. Yeah, well, especially, like, they've had increasingly more banter together. It, it, was, so. just, it was just a matter of when, 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 when. Oh, shit, now? <laughs> I mean, I assume Moo was going to die before it happened, so... All right, so then we cut back to Reverend Malkio's cabin, where he's telling Athern, well, it looks like Earth, the Earth forces are going to attack Orb, and there's no real way around it. And we see that their justification is basically, we've discovered evidence of nuclear we- I mean that they are helping Zaft. Definitely real evidence. And then a ki- random kid comes up, kicks Athern in the shin, and is like, I'm going to beat up all Zaft when I get older. Ha! And Athern's like, ah. The fuck? <laughs> He's like, well, he lost his parents during the battle to occupy Carpentaria, so... And then Malkio used some platitude about war. Yay, war platitude. See, there are tons of strays. I always feel like the um, cockpit of the Freedom grows and shrinks depending on what they need Kira to be doing in it. Yes, more or less. And then it's wartime, so they shoot all of their Metal Marines missiles from the battleships at Orb. Okay, those are not cruise missiles, dude. They're missiles from a cruise ship, and the tanks start shooting them down. I guess it's actually the Orb battleships. But we get very cool shot of the Estrays starting to activate and pull out of their, like, molds, it looks like. Uh, I'm not sure. They're uh, probably their repair gantries. That makes sense. That actually looks very similar to, um, actually, a lot of uh, Mech Warrior appearances of repair gantries like that. And the Archangel takes off, as well as a bunch of Orb fighters, and then we get those cool mixed arms fights I love so much, of a bunch of tanks and mobile suits shooting down incoming missiles from battleships. And we see the Astray girls helping each other not die. Asagi, that's the third one. Yeah, the ugly one. And Diarka <laughs> watching watching Diarka in a, a jacket. Like, he's, ni- he's got a nice jacket and some jeans. Like, where the hell did you get those? Uh, from Orb disaster relief efforts, and he found a sweet cliffside view of this battle. He also got a new shirt. We get a uh, traditional Blue Water Navy battle. Love it so much. And then the strike daggers start taking off to add another element to the fight. But we're going to start tearing into those Astrays soon, I hope. Do they ever establish whether or not the Astrays have higher performance specifications than the strike daggers do? I don't think it's ever said. I've always I, assumed they do. But I think it's implied. but They definitely in Destiny, the equivalents, have higher. 
than the new that's, that's what I had always assumed. I just wasn't sure if they ever actually made it clear. And then we get some strike dagger paratroopers. It's straight out of 08th MS team, and it's great. And then Kira is like, my plot sense is tingling. I should go save those astray girls. And then the archangel and the strike and everything like that fully enter the fight. Which is probably the most dangerous thing that could happen for the Earth Forces because the Archangel is the most experienced crew going right now. I was going to save this. In the last episode, I talked about how it was a real combined arms battle and not like a Dynasty Warriors thing where the heroes show up. And, and now it is. Shop. This is 100% the heroes show up and start wrecking shop. And while I really, really like the combined arms battles because it's something different, this works really well as well. Especially here because here you have a bunch of inexperienced dagger pilots and the uh a lot of the earth forces general crews are probably not that experienced in this kind of a fight and then as we refer to them like we get the first instance of the druggies doing something but they're also not terribly experienced in what they're doing whereas kira and mu and the archangel are very experienced in this kind of fight and speaking of, we now cut back to Azrael's ship, where we see the three pilots who were before just being Shinji Akaris taking uh, some... Shots of something. Okay, so... Liquid Re- courage. Red Bull. It gives you wings. So, people like to talk about the original edited run of Gundam Seed for Toonami, and they have these things they call disco guns, because they edited all the regular firearms. I have no memory of those at all. Mostly because One Piece had already come out in America and the shower cap gun is so ridiculous. Anything looks like a real gun in comparison to that. And so shower you, cap I'll show gun? it to you. Okay. I know you've seen this before, Tyler. What, what I do remember is that they 100% edit these little capsules into high C juice boxes for these guys. <laughs> Seriously? It was great. I didn't oh, know it was God. edited, but even then I could tell that these are supposed to be performance enhancing drugs. It was amazing. They're just like, ah, oh, I need my high CE. Oh, they're roided up now. They've got weird rhino helmets. Anyway, Azrael talks directly to these guys and is like, hey, don't just charm the mass driver or Morgan Raid at all. Understand? And they're like, but we can do whatever we want with everything else, right? I'll just use their names because it's easier. Clotho, who is the <laughs> calam- Clotho, who is the Calamity par- pilot, just like, shut up, guys. Uh. I'm trying to be serious over here. And the three shiny new Gundams launch. They're totally not that Scythe. The totally not wing, wing, and the totally not heavy arms. They are all very clearly based on Gundam wing Gundams. The Calamity is the most original of them. It has the least in common with the heavy arms. It's mostly kind of conceptually similar, but the Raider is straight up a Gundam that transforms into a jet like the wing, and the Forbidden is a big scythe-wielding Gundam with a special gimmick. I do like the effect that the Calamity rides the Raider. Yeah, It is pretty cool. So we see a dagger shoulder check one of the Astray girls and knock her down, and we get some very cool, like, grunt mobile suit on mobile suit action before Kira strafes them and does his lock-on move and just takes out all the enemies, being the hero, which is rad. And then he drops on one, drops his shield to pull out both beam sabers, cuts him in two, and then goes to grab the shield, which we see land. And then we just get the Astray girls on action. Uh, yeah, like, the main character just... straight up some Dynasty yeah, Warriors Just drops shit. into the fight, wipes the enemy squad, and then takes off without even bothering to also, say anything. Also, wasn't Kira trying not to kill people? He totally just cut that guy in half right through the cockpit. Uh, did he? Let's go watch that again. No, no it, the uh, with the laser in this next scene. Here. No, no, that's, no not, that's, not that's not Kira. Oh, that's Moo. Okay. Yeah, Kira just uh, definitely just delims them. Yeah, Moo doesn't give a shit. Moo's fine with killing. 
The next shot is one that's created for the HD version because Moo didn't have this beam in the original, but he just pulls the Agni heavy beam from the launcher strike. So really goes, quick, the yeah, one on that. the edge takes damage before the beam yeah, gets to him. Yeah. Well, I didn't say it was well animated, did I? <laughs> I really like the shot of the perfect strike landing in front of the explosion because it looks it's like animated it, really, really well and it looks like some kind of god of death just yeah, hit the ground. Both the freedom and the strike are animated like they are the devil, which is always a thing I love when they make gun look that way. I love that Pink has this or Pink. Moo has this pink flight suit with like just a feather on the helmet. It's purple. <laughs> anyway, but Yeah, it is purple. And then Moo starts taking command over the Astray girls. He's basically like, better say alert or you'll die, which is actually the advice he gave to Toll. So And even the Archangel basically gets played up like it's a hero unit coming out to save the battleships. So what one of the new suits pulls out a rocket launcher and is like, I'll take calamity. Out, I'll take out the white ship. And Maru's like, dodge. And poor ship that was behind it. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> and then the uh, Raider pilot, which is the transforming one, is like, ha, you missed lousy shot. And then we get a shot cut in from Gundam Seed Destiny. Of a bunch of people being, like, buzzed by an incoming mobile suit. And then we get the Arca, like, seeing this and reacting. And there's actually the shot of the perfect strike ejecting one of its backup batteries that I was thinking of. Oh, I missed it. So this it. might be the only episode. It's a little white thing. Yeah, I noticed oh. something popped out the back there. It is a cool shot. I thought it was something else. But, like, if you don't know that's what it is, you will miss it. And he's like, oh, new Earth Forces machines? Well, and he lands right in front of an, a downed astray. So so it's clear Orb is taking damage, even if they are winning the fight. Oh, we then get a really cool shot from the Archangel's cockpit where the raider comes to smack it with a mace, but Kira comes to kick it in the face out of the way first. And I love the perspective on it from, like, inside <laughs> the cockpit. Yeah, in, inside the bridge. Yeah, that is what I meant, the bridge. And he just kick, he just punts him into the water. Kira is really fond of Gundam kicks. Yes. He really is. He, he, takes he a, specialized like a, in it. He was like, oh, Shar Asnable kicked people and everyone loves him. So the Forbidden responds by scything a battleship. It's actually kind of interesting because the, the strike and the freedom are kind of shown up to like the gods of death type of thing. And they look very much more intimidating than anything of the three druggies Gundams. Uh, we then see three strays just straight up destroyed by the Calamity, uh, while Diarca is, like, running around through the rubble. And we even see some Orb Ground Forces. Like, bailing out, yeah. Like, straight up soldiers. And Druggy goes nuts. But Moo is there to fight him. Moo's like, this guy's got the big guns, that means he must be my nemesis. <laughs> I will try a sword on him, since he has all ranged weapons. And we see Diarca looking off and flashbacking. Yeah, to Muriela specifically. And then he just shakes his head like, damn like, it. God damn it. And then he goes I off to find the buster. I think they actually give him a voice. I think there's a voice clip in the English dub there. There might be. But then cut to the Freedom fighting the Raider and the Forbidden, which who are getting in each other's way. The Forbidden like flies right in front of the Raider when it's about to attack. Yeah, they're clearly not really working as a unit. But Kira fights his giant fuck-off lasers at the Forbidden, and they just kind of deflect off the little shroud it has. And Kira's like, that beam curved. That doesn't seem physically possible. Because that's the Forbidden's gimmick. It bends beams around it. And then we cut to the Archangel getting bombed by fighter jets. Oh no, fighter jets! And one of them gets shot off screen. And oh, size like, the buster? I, I mean, that, I'm used to that showing up when I don't expect it. But usually it's here to fuck <laughs> yeah, Usually it's shooting at me. <laughs> Meanwhile, I like Millie's screen look, makes it look like she's looking at a TV radi guide's rating or something. <laughs> and I, I like the shot of the buster because we get the buster just standing knee deep in the bay with its guns held like uh, Wild West gunfighter style. I really love this moment. It's a very cool dramatic turn. 
and Diark has been sitting in a brig not getting to do anything for a while, so that's cool too. I also do love to imagine how Diarka pitches this to Morgan Ray, but it might be as simple as we need a unit and you don't haven't put the new OS on it yet, yet and I can drive it. But I can also imagine, yeah, so technically I'm a Zav soldier, but I'm very familiar with it. And I kind of have a crush on this girl, so... I, I always kind of just assumed that <laughs> or he in, just the, hopped in. in the confusion of the attack, he just hopped in. That, ra- like, that tracks he, pretty well. Like, he might have knocked out a guard or two to get his hands on the actual machine, but he actually just kind of hijacked it. That makes sense. So he shoots a volley of missiles at the jets, and since Muvaflaga isn't piloting any of them, they're he gets very them. effective. <laughs> And he gets on the comms with the Archangel telling him to get out of there. And it's like, dude, this is the Archangel. You're not attacking it. They'll be fine. <laughs> Meanwhile, we get to see the strike doing some sweet strafing runs around the giant guns. That's pretty cool. And the Freedom doing some sweet barrel rolls as it fights two on one. And then the Calamity decides to go help. And now it's three on one. And all Kira can kind of do is dodge. But hey, Atherin's here riding his giant backpack. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that thing changes size depending the, the wings on what fold, it's The wings on fold it. in. It does track. Like, if you have a model of it, it's very, very wide when it Okay, it, it just always looks out, like it, it gets look bigger weird. and smaller. And it probably isn't animated quite the scale. Anyway, he uses his radar, and he's like, machine I don't recognize, machine I don't recognize. Hey, there's that Freedom Gundam I'm supposed to be looking for. That Kira's supposedly in. It's being shot at. A lot. And hit by a mace. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kira's beam sense doesn't cover maces. And then he has some nice flashbacks to Lacus berating so, him. I legit Nickel dying. got chills a little bit when I saw angry Lacus yelling at Atherin in this flashback. So good! Ah, oh, I can't wait till we get and more And the Lackis. kid. Yeah, yeah, and then the kid. Here's some Atherinx. We just don't get to see out of his Ow. face because we just see what's going on in his head. And he tightens his grip on the like then, control lever. Then he revs his motorcycle. And he's about to be shot by the mouth laser. L- mouth laser. I should say Kira is when Atherin comes in with the block. And the counter shot. And we see the druggies kind of react. And then Kira is like, huh? And then the ending scene stops playing as we see the freedom and justice in the same shot. For the first time. And then the episode ends on a shot of determined looking Atherin. I was going to say confident. Atherin always looks confident unless Lacus is berating him. (laughs) (laughs) Or he's in the process of trying to kill Kira. Yes. Or being broken up over having killed Kira. And that's episode 36, Decisive Fire. It's a very cool one. Like I said, it does that cool thing of being very slow at the beginning and slowly building up, establishing the stakes for this very dramatic fight that feels like it goes on for quite a while because just a lot happens. I think there might be no stock footage in this fight other Uh... than the freedom putting on like it's pack but that gets changed out in the hd version because it gets all three packs put on there are some things that get recycled later i know unless they took those out in later ones but i know that a lot of the druggies attacks get recycled later i suppose we are seeing a lot of the druggies stock footage attacks for the first time and so they don't feel like stock footage yet well i was also specifically thinking of the pilots there's, there's a bunch of pilot stuff for the druggies that gets yeah, recycled definitely. a lot but yeah, I, I really like stuff, and a lot of the stuff that I had been trying to avoid talking about, Diarca flipping sides, Moo going after, I, that all happens in this episode, and I always forget that it's all the same episode and doesn't uh, take place over a span of three or four of them. Because this battle goes on, like, this battle has phases, basically, so it keeps going, but a lot of the big turns happen early on. So yeah, Diarca's kind of with the Archangel now, Atherin's here. What he's going to do in the future is up in the air, but currently he's here. What, Atherin? Clearly he's going to join Kira so that he can be with his love interest, and they're going to fight a one... Well, his fiancé broke up with him, so... Also that. (laughs) So now he's clear. 
clearly they're going to fight a two-man war together against everyone else, but because they both have the nebulous power of the seed, of course they're going to win. And nuclear-powered Gundams. Also that. Yeah, also that. And Cool Uncle Moo. And Cool Uncle Moo, who gets the old Gundam. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Do you have a high point for this episode then, Tyler? Did you want to talk about that flashback more? Because you wrote it down and you were talking about how you got chills. No, it was just like a really powerful scene. Like, specifically, like, Atherin flashing back to angry Lacus yelling at him like, Oh yeah, that was a really good scene. That's really good motivation. I mean, really, the whole speech she gave was good, but it feels like kind of cheating because I was like a high point of the previous yeah. episode. So. Yeah, it, it's a recycle. Yeah, that is an instance of recycled animation that we hadn't guess, thought about. Yeah, there's but... a flashback. So yes, there is that. But I meant in the fight. I think my high point is actually uh, Chairman Arthur's general reaction to receiving the ultimatum and like all the. We this get to see is him... bullshit. Yeah, we get to see him go through many stages of emotion there, and I actually really like that. Zach, I'm torn because I got a couple of them, but I think I got to go with. Probably one of my favorites, just because it was, at least when I was younger, when I first watched it, so unexpected and uh, not something I'd been anticipating seeing. I was anticipating seeing it later, but not from the same character, and that is uh, Diarca's Flip. I love the music that plays during that whole scene and like the way it goes to a hope spot. So I'm curious, Tyler, did you see that coming? Because it's foreshadowed so heavily in oh, this yeah. episode. I feel like it's hard not to, but also I didn't really the first time. Well, I, I saw, saw that coming as soon as Millie tried to kill Diarca. <laughs> I, was ex- I was expecting when I first watched it that there was going to be something relating to it, but I was expecting Diarca to go back to Zaft and get a different machine and that somebody else would take up the buster and be on their side, but I wasn't actually thinking that Diarca would flip sides here. Yeah, no, and I pretty much expected that it, Like as soon as Millie walked in and threw him a flight suit. I'm like, well, I know where this is going. And it really reads as like Diarca is realizing naturals are human. And, like, we even kind of get that with Izak as well. Like, he isn't living among them or anything the way Diarca was caught and is, like, having to deal with this woman. But at the same time, he's kind of sealing what's going on because he's been separated and he's seeing how manic the people at Zaft are being. Yeah, and, and he's Diarca not going after like, the shutdown units that can't defend themselves and any, or anything like that. And they're having, like, the same sort of developments separately, which is cool. I think, what's my high point? Atherin coming in at the end is pretty cool. Yeah, that, that b- shot block is a pretty good one. It's pretty good. It's a thing Gundam likes to do, and I like it a lot. I Since really it's like... so close to the end, I always kind of merge that with the episode after this. There's because some I real think... cool stuff in this next episode. Because I think up. the, at but least I... in the base one, that's also like the beginning of the next episode. So... I think my high point is Kira being a hero. like, And especially the Astray Girl's reaction. One of them just goes, awesome. awesome. <laughs> As he, like, he just walks in casually, blows a bunch up, and then swords some. And, like, the way he drops his shield and then picks it up, it's very cool. I really like when he kicks the... Yeah, that shot from the bridge point of view, it's very good. Uh, Do we have any low points, Tyler? Yeah, actually, so this is not a specific low point, but I guess it's actually the the fight scene towards the end. Like, the music that's playing before Diarca gets into the buster, like, the whole thing feels kind of cheesy and kind of reinforces the Dynasty Warriors-ness of this. Like, the villains are a little too villainy, I think, in this episode, so... Whereas before, they've been, like, fairly conflicted sources, and, like, you can see where everyone's coming from. That won't change. That they're too villainy now? Yeah. Okay, I kind of figured that would be the case, but... That is why I think it goes downhill. It's not a specific point, but, like, like, Asriel's, like, already super Machiavellian. I'm like, at least Zala had some, like, nuance to him. It's not, like, he's still a dick, but at least he was a nuanced dick. Zach? Assface. (laughs) Asriel? Yes, I hate that guy so much. He's a jerk, and he's misogynistic. Spoilers. 
Sweet. <laughs> no, the one character development I really cared about, <laughs> about the villain. Let's see, what's mine going to be then? I wish that the, the arc of turn was a little less obvious. I really like the added the uh, Gundam Seed Destiny bit, actually, even though it feels a little bit Star Wars Special Edition. I didn't uh, but notice at the it at same all. Time, like, you wouldn't notice it if you're not looking for it. At the same time, it's, it doesn't feel quite as bad as those, because it... Because, like I just said... It, it, it sockets it, in pretty well. Yeah, it sockets in fine, and, like, if you don't know it, that's what it is. It doesn't, like, read it all. Actually, really, a real low point, Orb Sunrise Girl. <laughs> Orb Sunrise no, Girl. Orb Sunrise Girl is a high point. <laughs> I guess my low point is not giving Clotho, Shawnee, and... The third one, whose name I can't think of right now, or the Calamity Forbidden Raider names in this episode. I think Shawnee is the only one that actually gets named, and that's because it's one of the, the guys yells at him. other pilots yells at him. Because he says, uh, like, damn it, Shawnee, you're blocking my shot, or you're in my way, or something like that. Yeah, definitely one of them berates the other at one point during this episode. They obviously don't sink well as a team. Alright, so before we go to final thoughts, a few orders of business. Our game. There were one minute and 21 seconds scored in this episode. What are three three-second clips in a what row? What is too, going weird. on here? <laughs> which brings the total up to 13 minutes and 20 seconds, which is honestly longer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I did not realize that. So confused. I think one or two more episodes. I think probably two. Maybe just one, though. Or are you just going to hold off on it until he figures it out? <laughs> no. I, that's that what I think we should do. Just I, hold I don't think he gonna... would figure it out. Is the so thing. the problem is, in order for me to figure it out, I'm going to have to pour through the episodes and find out what things... You've cool. gotten so close so many times. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious. It's great. Yeah, it's two episodes until... Yeah, I accidentally started watching that episode. The next episode or the two? Uh, the uh, two later. Oh, Because okay. I have it down as 38 in my book because gotcha. I was watching the non-HD one in the gotcha. first place. All right. And also, do we want to put the perfect strike on the list? Because I'm pretty sure this is the only episode in which it appears. I don't really... I don't like the perfect strike. I don't necessarily think it should go on the list, but that's mostly because... It's the strike, but not? Well, it's the strike with everything loaded down, and it, well, we it only it appears here... Well, I mean, yes. it only appears here once. And it did not appear in the original and version? it wasn't so. in the original version. That's the big thing. I'm ambivalent. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I don't mind reading it, so... I guess let's not, then. If Zach doesn't want to and you don't care. All right, so that just brings us to final thoughts. Tyler, you can start, I suppose. There are quite a few good character moments in this. I liked fairly well. The Dynasty Warriors feel, I guess, was kind of neat. I mean, it shows how much, like, it shows that they're all battle veterans, but also it felt really cheesy. So, especially, like, they had kind of jazz music, like, all of the original Gundam playing in the background for a little while. I kind of love that. Uh, <laughs> Although, also... These three guys, their theme song, I think it's called The Evil Three, is very jazzy. Okay. I liked it, but I'm afraid of the direction the series is going already. <laughs> so, Zach? Villains lost all nuance. Now we've got good versus evil in like the most black and white terms, and I really don't like it. There's a couple of moments that I still like coming up, but on the whole, because of that loss of nuance for the bad guys, Although I don't. there's a lot I don't like. How much is Zaft still in play after this? Quite a bit. Okay. And we're ending the end of a lot of characters' arcs with a lot to go, which I think is better than what happens in Gundam Seed Destiny. There's a lot wrong with Gundam Seed Destiny that we'll get yeah, to, yes, and we it has the opposite problem. But because a lot of characters are at the end of their arcs, it's kind of time for nuance to be over and for them to deal with situations. I mean, I agree. I wish there was a little more to Azrael. It's fine that his three flunkies don't have much going on. No, it's fine that they don't, especially because of the, like, the implications for them as characters. And they already have a lot going on with the fact that they don't get along or anything like that. But the fact that the big guys, 
that are like the big bads of the series don't have any character, that's why I don't really care for it. Oh, it's plenty of character. It's just like one dimensional character. So <laughs> lots of that. If I wanted a cardboard character, I can watch pretty much anything else. All right. So on that lovely note, <laughs> we are done. Join us next week when we'll watch episode 37 slash 39, Atherne. Is it seriously just called Atherne? There's one called, called Kira Atherin. earlier. And the next oh. one's called Atherne. Hmm. Which I actually like as a bit of... Parallel nature? Yeah. There's no Diarca or Izak, and sadly there's no Lacus, but we will get Lacus strikes eventually, which is the <laughs> best. That's already... Is Lacus going to pilot the strike? Because that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh. it's, it's fun. Lacus strikes. <laughs> like getting in the strike. No, Lacus goes on strike. She's fighting for, you know, better hours for pop idols. You've seen the pink Gundam in the splash. Or the yeah, cut that's, screen. That's obviously Rao's new mobile suit. <laughs> <laughs> then why is it working with Kira? Uh, because Twist, he was actually a double-double agent all along. <laughs> no, I just lied about being a double. So join us for that episode. It's quite a good one. I really like the next stretch of episodes. I mean, I disagree with Zach. I really like the rest of the series, honestly. But the battles around Orb are a particular high point for me. So, see you next week. Bye! shouldn't look that depressed. All told, only 11 left the ship. That's incredible. Joshua must have really pissed them off. Commander, there's something I want to know about Joshua. Why'd you return? Huh? Oh, yeah. Your question just made me remember what I'd forgotten to do. You ought to know I really can't stand mobile armor pilots. Well, I guess it's a good thing I'm a mobile suit pilot now. Excuse me, is anyone up here? Uh, huh? <gasps>